Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Johanna on, who is an actress and content creator. Hi, Johanna. Hello. How are we? I'm all right. I don't know why I sounded so formal there. I was like on the news. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. Yeah, it's always it, the intro always goes really formal. And I don't know why. We need to relax I, that, Jules. I know. This is chill. Let's just chill. Let's have a chat. This is great. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually get up to? Right. Yes. So um, it's really hard when I explain my job when people are like, so what do you do at like a party? Um, I, ha- I go, well, I make I make videos. I make comedy videos online. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a YouTuber, but I'm not a YouTuber. And and basically, I just go, oh, I'm a YouTuber to kind of explain it to the majority of people. But yeah, um, yeah so I, I was an actress. I am an actress. And, and then I started making sketches online about, well, five years ago, I realized a couple of days ago. I was like, we're in 2021 now. I started in 2016. Like, you know what? it's scary oh, isn't it how wh- how are we in 2021 it is it's terrifying i mean yeah because I, I originally thought oh I'll, I'll just be i'll be silly on the internet for a while um you know not long couple of years and then i'm like wow i've been doing this as a day job for five years that's 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 crazy yeah. um yeah so i make i make funny videos um not always on my own well, now they're always on my own because of the <laughs> pandemic. Yes. But before, I got to collaborate with other kind of comedians and content creators, and that's the really fun bit. Because you work a lot with, with Sophie, who we yes. had on, on the podcast, and sort of similar similar job, I guess you could call it, that you both do now. Yeah, so I met Sophie Craig uh, a couple, about three years ago now, even more than that. And we were on, I was on a job, we were both working for it on a job for Unilad. And... Uh, I just got to know her on on set and I was like, oh my God, you're hilarious. Uh, Have you ever thought about doing uh, like online comedy? Because that's that's what I do. I think you'd be brilliant. And she was like, oh, I've thought about it, but I'm, you know, I've never really like started a page. I'm like, girl, we're starting you a page right now. (laughs) And we started a page and we filmed a sketch, like a quick little sketch together about girls that sweat in the summer and like just how we we can't stand the heat and stuff <laughs> and we didn't think it was like that amazing of a sketch but we're like you know what it's the first one mm. and it just it kind of exploded on the internet like a bit of a meme and it got like six million views overnight and we wow. were like oh okay i think we're we've tapped into something here that we're quite like let's let's team up should we team up and so then we made james and craig um like a kind of comedy duo so we do stuff online on our own but also together and so before that, how did you even start? You know, did you just wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to make random videos on the internet and uh, no. make a living out of it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I spent about a year, like, genuinely trying to be like a YouTube beauty guru. And it's so embarrassing. I've still got most of my videos up there. <laughs> I've left them up just for posterity. But um, uh, yeah, I was trying to be a beauty guru, but I didn't really know one end of a camera from another. And I was still a little bit, uh in shy and insecure uh of not not being on camera because i'm very confident on camera but i guess just in myself just having the guts to say i'm an influencer or something like it i still felt like oh no um so i can't i gave up uh on the youtube which was ridiculous because looking back i was actually getting really good for the time i was getting really good views but I, i i kind of packed up that project 
And then uh, I was like, no, I'm going to be an actor. I went to drama school and I got a bunch of confidence, like training at drama school. I was like, no, I'm going to be a performer. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be in Downton Abbey, mum. And then I left drama school and realized it's really, really hard. Like the industry is so tough and you're thrown in there with hundreds of other uh, actor uh, graduates and everyone's desperate to try and get an agent. It gets really quite cutthroaty and quite it's quite a cattle market out there Mm. and I I did I tried with some success to do acting for about four years and then I did every other job under the sun I was a waitress I was a nanny I was a cleaner I was a carer like I was just sort of juggling all of them and then I got really fed up uh, with that and then I had an idea I thought oh why don't I make a kind of cv of my comedy characters and what I'll do is I'll just I'll upload them onto the internet and then I can send them to casting directors and be like yo this is what I can do and um so I I came up with a couple ideas and I filmed them like so bad like they're really technically really bad and I filmed it with my friend like my I think my dad helped me film the first sketch and we put them up on we put it on YouTube, nothing happened, like two views. And it was like, mm. and then I thought, oh, if my laptop dies, because I know it probably will, I'll put it on Facebook because Facebook, just nothing ever, ever gets deleted off Facebook. Even if you try and delete stuff off Facebook, it just doesn't delete. So I thought it'll be safe there up in the cloud of, of the book of face. Mm. And so I put the sketch up on, a fa- on my Facebook. And then about two weeks later, my friend who was in the sketch, he called me and was like, yo, have you seen, we've got like, a thousand views on that video i was like you're joking and i looked and it was like two thousand views and then as oh, we were refreshing it was like a proper viral moment and i think it went up to like two hundred and fifty thousand views on this wow. sketch and the sketch was um so when people were like what's your first sketch that you made i'm like well <laughs> it was actually a sketch called bringing your black boyfriend home and it was based <laughs> on my uh, middle-class mother who would be absolutely delighted for me to be in an interracial relationship. (laughs) And she mentioned it many times. And I was like, mother, you cannot just, you know, it's not like a shopping channel that I can just go and get a boyfriend from. You know, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. Like, let's not push this. Um, But when I told my friend that my mom was like, quite desperate for me to to date a black man um he found that hilarious because he was black himself we were like we have to just put this into a sketch and we kind of flipped there's an old sydney portier movie called guess who's coming to dinner about a a lady who brings a a black doctor home and because it's the 60s everyone's horrified so we flipped it on its head and we did this sketch about the parents being so excited (laughs) that they were in turn like inadvertently racist um by by trying to be so forward thinking um yeah. and it just it struck a chord with so many people and we had all the comments were just flooded with people going oh my gosh this was me this was when i met my mum-in-law this was when i met my father-in-law this was me at the family barbecue and um people just were like well, when's the next one so i was like oh uh, all right I'll, I'll make another that's that's so true it's quite funny because a lot of comedians always say comedy is very much sort of on a line isn't it of what people might say oh yeah that was that was good or that was too far like do you find that when you're making comedy now especially nowadays because there is a lot of oh you can't say that you you know you should say that do you do you have to tread that line as comedy oh yeah like so even now that was five years ago now i would have reservations about making that sketch just because the whole climate of 
kind of race relations it's it's um become a lot more of a sensitive subject and and almost everything has to be honest like you could joke about so much five years ago that uh in such a short space of time now it's not appropriate to um to, to sometimes explore that uh, we, we, you've got to explore it carefully because it's really hard a lot of us are really feeling it when we're trying to make a sort of things funny relatable funny things because mm. you have to take the piss out of these subjects in order to that's the whole point of what a joke is it's taking something relatable and finding where that boundary is and a lot of comedians you know they find the boundary and then they overstep it and that's what makes the joke um so yes we can get we can't I'm talking like we like you know all the all the comedians. <laughs> uh, I can get a bit of stick for um where I go but but because I now do it as a job and I work quite closely with a lot of brands I yeah. have to be really mindful about what I say and do and joke about Ooh. um but yeah. it's all about context isn't it really that's what comedy is it's in the context of it, there's no aggression in it it's just it's comedy you're trying to make people laugh and be relatable and and, and relax yeah, I think when it comes from truth and and I find um, comedy from like observing things and just experiencing stuff. Mm. Um, and then I think that you can kind of, you have a bit of a permission to, to talk about it or make a joke about it. If it's something you've experienced or you've noticed. Um, and I mean, it's everything's subjective, isn't it? What will make yeah, one person laugh hysterically? Yeah. I get so many comments being like, you're not funny. Oh my God. <laughs> you're so unfunny you're a woman women aren't funny oh god and then i have other people being like oh i was having such a crap day today and like this really made me laugh thanks so it's all subjective and like whatever of course it is and with the internet now i suppose and you doing your own content you can just throw as much stuff out there as possible but what sort of like line do you tread there do you just think you know what if i come up with something i'll throw it up there whether it's hit or miss or do you try and really think about what you're putting up and make sure everything is a hit oh well i mean at the beginning it was such a weird journey because at the beginning i wasn't sure what my kind of style of comedy was at first um i was stepping into an arena so this was yeah back in 2016 there was literally no girls making comedy uh, in the UK. There were some big American female, like Viners, but... Yes, Vine, yeah. Vine, remember Vine? Yeah, and I remember I, Vine. And I joined just at the time that Vine was dying. So I actually wasn't a Viner, but all of the Viners were jumping ship onto Facebook because it was the place where people could make like Vine compilation videos and make Facebook pages and get followings. And it was a place mm. to kind of replace Vine. So I made a Facebook page at the time when all the Viners were, but they were, it was all men. And so I was a little bit like, Hmm, why is that? And well, let me have a crack at it then. Come on. And I happened to have met one of the famous Viners who was called Dapper Laughs. Yes. And through my acting, I was, uh, acting with him about six months before I was acting in his in his dvd he he did like a sketch dvd comedy sketch dvd show thing and I was just in there we were doing a kind of parody 50 shades interview type thing but we started (laughs) on his head to make it like feminist and um and he was really lovely and Dapper Laughs is a complete and utter character uh the Dan O'Reilly is just 
lovely. And he said to me, Hey, you're, you're, you've got funny bones. Do you, you should do this online. And I, at the time I was like, no, 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 <laughs> Dan, uh, no, no, I, I'm actually going to be on Downton Abbey. You don't understand. Like, I'm a real <laughs> professional actress. I'm not, I don't want to be um, an internet person. And then six months later, I actually got back in touch with him and was like, so could you actually show me how to use Snapchat? Because uh, <laughs> I kind of want to have a crack at it. And um, he did. He said, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's do some sketches. Let's collaborate. So my first kind of collaboration was with Dan. And then once Dan kind of opened the door um, to me making sketches, loads of the other guys, um, Aaron Craskell, Stuggy, Hugh samuels all these guys who were who were big big viners um they were like open for me making content with them as well and just sort of gradually we could all collaborate and make make lots of stuff um i feel like i've gone i've chatted in a big circle and i can't remember the question no, <laughs> your uh, the content you put up now do you uh is it just you just throw everything that comes to your mind up there you know walking down the street oh, having an idea or yes no yeah so i talk about my style yeah so initially it was a lot more on on the nose um i was competing with boys there we are that's where i was going with that so i was making a lot more on the money kind of jokes slightly ruder jokes um to kind of get people's attention and then i realized that my comedy was way more mr bean style physical comedy lots of falling over lots of funny faces um and i I ended up uh, getting going out with um, another comedy sketch maker called Jube Tube. And he was just starting out and I was just starting out and we made a bit of a good team and we were making uh, sketches together. And I had an idea. Um, I was like, guys, can I actually like direct a sketch for once? Uh, would that be cool? Like I- I've got an idea in mind. I want to execute it. And his camera team and him, they were like, yeah, sure. Just like direct us, let us know not gonna lie they were slightly um oh what's the word when you patronizing there we are they were like yeah go on go on babe you make a sketch this time go on babe and I said okay I've got this idea about um you know when you sleep next to your girlfriend and it's just so annoying because she steals the duvet and 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 you just don't get any sleep and they were like yeah all right sounds kind of cool um and we did it and I I edited it and I put it out and that was like one of my biggest crazy like that's really when stuff hit off we i think it got 350 million views on facebook oh my word which i didn't even know that like that was the number of people like in the world with eyes it was crazy and but that kind of cemented my style and i was like right i know what i do now i do lots of physical comedy to music make it um like mr bean you can watch it in so many countries spanish kids french kids grew up with mr bean because it was kind of universally funny so I took that a little leaf out of that. Um, you know, Rowan accent is the king. And um, oh, do you hear Mr. Bean might be coming back? Side side note. Oh, really? Can't believe I, I saw an article about they're thinking of rebooting it as him as an old man. Would love oh, that. That would be good. But um, yeah, so I kind of I found my my style, and so now I tend to do that. But then also I've experimented doing lots of different things, and there there is a formula to a viral video when people go like how do you make viral videos i'm like there actually is or there was back at the time when things were incredibly viral um there was a formula that you kind of stuck to but then sometimes you just can't tell um is it harder to make stuff go viral now yes so much harder it's so much harder um the all the algorithms on the social media platforms have completely changed um, yeah, I, I find our, like, with our um, Instagram that we set up, we're, like, slowly, slowly building traction. But sometimes our posts can get, like, you know, 
quite decent interaction. And then other days, like today, I posted something and literally nothing happened. Totally dead. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. The algorithms are constantly changing and they normally they're constantly changing, not in favor of uh, video creators. Mm. Um, the only exception to that was most recently TikTok, which they created an algorithm that was specifically shoved people with followers. So it was incredibly easy to go viral on TikTok right. for a purpose because they wanted to get people on the app. And then now that loads of people are on the app, uh, it's a, it's like 10 times harder to go viral now. They're, they're making it more normal. Um, loads of people are getting really gassed. Like, I'm so famous and funny. <laughs> um, like, no, it's the algorithm uh, really helping you there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very, it's kind of technical. So it's really hard because sometimes I would spend hours on an idea and I'd script something, I'd do a character, I'd make a costume and do this whole like big thing. And it really wouldn't like go very well. And I'd be a bit like, oh, that's a shame. I really found that funny in myself. And then I'd make something which I'm like, this is rubbish. Like how <laughs> rubbish is this? It's just, just me falling in a bin. And then it's like 80 million views. And you're like, oh, I don't understand the internet. It's not, <laughs> there's no art here. Um, yeah, it's kind of hit and miss. But I, I've, I've kind of disconnected myself to the performance of it now. So mm. uh, at first I was, it was uh, when you're getting loads and loads of views, it, it can be a little bit um, addictive because mm. you, you're always in competition with yourself. So you feel like you have to beat your last, you're only as good as your last video kind of thing. And, and that is a very destructive way of being creative. So now it's kind of, you make it because you find it, find it, you found it funny. And if it flops, it flops. And if it hits, it hits. And mm. it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Do you find the way the internet and these sort of, um, videos go up and the platforms change sort of like every two years does that affect you much yes oh my goodness yes so uh just to be real uh for the first so i didn't uh, when i was starting out it took me about nine months before i could actually make money off doing this uh and then the second by the second year that i was doing it I was making a lot of money. It was as for someone who was just doing waitressing jobs for 10 years and, and not earning enough to even make tax for wow. like literally 10 years. I, suddenly I was doing a job that like paid really well. Uh, and then all of that disappeared when the algorithms change and the views get, get taken away. Um, because the, the one good thing about getting a lot of views is that you can transfer that into into money um either by monetization or most of the time by brand deals That's uh, but if you lose your views if you lose your your engagement and your audience like retention you also lose your sponsors so you therefore lose your rent so um so is there a way of of sort of i guess you've got to create your own personal brand that it doesn't matter what platform comes out next people will search for you is that how you kind of fix yeah, that you've got to try it's like it's like playing this horrible game of like guessing which ship is going to sink next and you've got to try and spread yourself across all the platforms because snapchat was one of my strongest ones initially i had hundreds of thousands of people following me on that and mm. then snapchat overnight changed their entire like internal system and I just lost uh, so all my followers. Like uh, I don't really know what happened there. And I'm not even on Snapchat anymore. I know some people are, but it's no, not something I'm that not I really focus. But then it's really hard because if you're trying to like, 
YouTubers are amazing at being YouTubers because they really solely focus on YouTube and they can put all their time and energy on making amazing content on that one platform and it's fine. Um, I unfortunately was focused on Facebook rather than YouTube. So when then Facebook died and Snapchat died, yeah, it's, it's quite scary. Have you thought about having like a, a main, so doing a YouTube maybe, or even doing like something like a podcast, because this really doesn't matter whatever platform breaks we just kind of advertise it on the biggest platform at the time but there's always you've got an rss feed so there's always people coming to that if that makes sense yeah we have uh so me and sophie have a podcast uh it's called dear mr nook a thief and it's like a comedy sort of slash mental health podcast because we realize quite early on that comedy and mental health are are seriously linked and Mm. and a lot of people use comedy as a way to help their mental health and a lot of comedians also come from places where they've maybe struggled with mental health because i think it's one of the things that makes people funny um is having to struggle through something Mm. and finding like the humor in that and i found that actually my funniest stuff was often made at times when i was my lowest which is really weird but that's just look at um uh robin williams and and people like that people who are incredibly funny and talented but also have this, there's a there's a link with mental health somewhere so there we is, thought let's, yeah. let's make a podcast because we get so many people um chatting to us in our inboxes me and sophie about mental health and about um people saying oh how do you stay positive all the time you're so positive and bubbly and funny and we're like oh no no susan <laughs> susan no like we're entertaining you but it's because we have camera personalities mm. But um, and then we realized, okay, we actually have an obligation to be to be real as well. So we we made like a massive effort to be as real as possible on social media, and as honest as possible. Um, I make sure that what I personally uh, don't use any like Photoshop or Facetune on anything of of um, my videos or my my photos. Um, Sorry, my, my dog is chewing something. I've got a puppy. I've got an eight, <laughs> eight-month-old puppy. Oh, sweet. Oh, what is it? In the room. Uh, he is half a Jack Russell, half a Pomeranian. He's called Obi-Wan oh, Kenobi. Wow. Oh, brilliant name. <laughs> he's being really good, but um, he's chewing He's chewing a slipper. Um, oh, bless him. And I was just keeping an eye on him. Right. He threw me off. So I'm, yes. I'm <laughs> struggling to actually word this question without being a bit mean, actually. Um, well, there's obviously sure. two ways of... Uh, making money through this you obviously said that you just having flattened amount of views can draw in money but the other is brands make sponsoring you or yes. brand deals how do you sort of do that while staying true to yourself and i don't use the word sell out but you've got to tra- stay true to yourself whilst also appeasing them yes so there that was really weird because when i first started doing brand deals a lot of people went you're selling out you're selling things and i was kind of like well how else do you expect me to make content at this rate Mm. and and feed myself and pay rent like i'm a normal person and and when it becomes a job and so at first it felt it felt really horrible uh and then i realized i wasn't being a sellout it's part of the job and and if people have an issue with you selling something it's probably nine times out of ten because there might be sort of jealousy involved or or something or they they would want to be an influencer themselves i don't know um i hate the word influencer by the way absolutely what a vile word uh definitely (laughs) a content creator entertainer comedian um and and we 
both Sophie and, and myself, we try so hard that when we do branded product placement or sort of adverts in our sketches, we make them as authentically as possible. So the kind of the rule is, would it work without the product placement? Yes. And it has to work without it, uh, like as a sort of sketch or a joke or as a comedy. Um, and and that kind of passes the feel the feel good meter i think i think people can tell like you're saying when it's genuine like there are influencers which i i think these influencers are going to die out soon because people just look at them and they're like what are you doing when it's just add 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 and they're just yeah. posing with the product up, in front of them yeah no the rules are i've got a i've got a genuinely like the product like i've turned down a lot of stuff because mm. i was like that doesn't fit the image of what I want to do or what I want to be. Um, I made a choice quite early on at the very beginning. I had a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I had, I had some people kind of saying, Oh, you would make an absolute killing. If you, if you dress a little sexier or if you did some more funny jokes, or if you did pranks in your underwear, like you'd get like 5 million followers. And I was like, but that's really not me. I'm really, I'm much more like the goofy best friend type. Um, yeah so i, I made that's, a, that's a massively good point though because that is like the easiest way to do it isn't it because that so it easy. does work like you can make a massive following and if you do those kinds of things but i always think where is the longevity in that well exactly and i'm so glad that i didn't like kind of take the easier path and and kind of uh, do that because later when I came to work with brands a lot of them brands told me uh, that one of the reasons why they did choose me or were able to choose me was because I passed sort of all of the brand um, that they have like a checklist of what they they go through so um, so that's the, you, you when you when you're not allowed to use your boobs or your body um, to sell or sort of crude jokes so mm. you have to you have to make stuff that's funny without being crude and you have to you have to uh get a lot of people's attention and retain that without being naked and so it's kind <laughs> of a challenge and it's like yeah i'll take that absolutely and um yeah i'm, I'm very proud that i made those decisions early on because i also yeah. knew that there was like a lot of girls young girls watching um and I, you know, I didn't want all of them because, you know, YouTuber or like internet personality is like yeah. the number one thing kids want to be now. Well, yeah, yeah I, I saw a, a meme a while ago and it was like, a YouTuber is now, I'm in a band. No, it's, yeah. it's not much yeah. different, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Used to be, I want to be a footballer and stuff. Like, I want to be an astronaut. And like, now it's like, I'm a big YouTuber yeah. or a gamer. And um, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, um, I've got a question so, again. So sorry. So, well, no, <laughs> so, I, I, I want to jump back a little bit and say you said that you were working as a waitress and things like that yes. whilst trying to make your acting career work and then sort of like slid over to this um, over a period of time. Um, is that common for people going into acting to have secondary jobs? And then for things like this, is it generally just like people fall into it? Do you know? Um, it's, what fall into doing online content yeah i suppose yeah yeah i mean i definitely fell into it like i didn't i didn't go out with any kind of intention to to go on the internet i, I was only putting stuff on the internet to send to casting directors um and yeah i just kind of and then everything organically happened so when i started to get followers um i i started to work as a as a 
presenter as well on an online platform. Um, so as I was growing my followers, I became a presenter, which then turned into a radio presenting opportunity. And I had a radio show for two years. And so it kind of, and then, and then acting stuff kind of came back around again. Once you get all these followers now, mm. um, it's kind of a prerequisite sometimes, especially in America for, for it to be a model or an actor, you have to have all these numbers. So I feel like a lot of actors are now trying to get follower counts and get, be on the, get an internet presence to help them acting. Um, yeah, I think they're trying now rather than like, back falling into it. There was a, a content creator uh, I watched fairly regularly and he said a while ago, it must have been a couple of years I heard him say this, that anyone wanting to go into sort of the internet business like this, you have to do it without the intention of making money in it. Otherwise, yes. you'll never succeed. Yes. Uh, I never thought that I would be able to make proper money from it. I'm, I remember, I think the first time that a brand emailed and they were like, it was a, it was an app and they were like, we would pay you £150 to put this app into a sketch. And um, there was three of us making this sketch. That was £50 each. <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and we're like, that's like a whole shift at work in a bar <laughs> and um and yeah we were so excited to split this 150 pounds and and yeah i didn't i didn't think that that was going to be a long-term possible thing at all i just thought that if maybe if my sketches went around the internet maybe a casting director would see me and cast me in something and i could crack on um getting into downtown abbey and i never did get into downtown abbey <laughs> a bit sore about it as you can tell like and uh, yeah absolutely so now what the problem is is because all the original youtubers started it or content creators they started it because they were passionate about it because they mm. enjoyed making funny content kind of for themselves or they enjoyed making videos about whatever it is making cheese whatever they want to do and it wasn't with the intention to make money so now people realize that it's a huge uh game-changing way of making money and so people are going in with that intent and also they're going in without the patience that the, so some of the original content creators were doing it for literally years before they ever be kind of became established in it. Yeah. It took me, it took me nearly, yeah, like I said, a year before uh, I was getting any kind of money from it. So that was a year of just making sketches every single week. And you have to be, if you want to do this as a job, I think that as much as it, it's hard with the algorithm changes and everything, totally possible. I've seen, creators come up this year especially in the pandemic people have had a lot more time to make mm. content so there's been like a whole influx of creators breaking through and breaking out so it is possible but again i don't think those people were trying to do it because they were trying to make money they were doing it because they were incredibly bored in a global pandemic so I, yeah i think the other thing with people making money off this that i've seen particularly over this pandemic is previously you'd have like your one percent of content creators at the very top and they would literally earn a fortune and they'd earn everything whereas now i definitely can see that there's tiers of people at different levels earning different amounts of money going up and it mm -hmm. is you can now climb whereas i thought previously it was you either make it or you don't there's like a yes no sort of thing yeah no it's all there's a whole spectrum and i mean let's talk money let's talk money because i know that's everybody wants to talk about money <laughs> but um it it is it's 
because it's it's so taboo to talk about money and like so for everything else in the world every other job there's kind of like a rough estimation of what you should be earning so you go in with a ballpark of of knowing whether you're getting mugged off or whether you've got a good wage for what you're doing whereas because this is such a new job and there's like an advertising streams and everything uh i went in knowing absolutely nothing about how much i should get paid for something to advertise something what what are followers and how much are they worth Mm. um that was a huge learning curve um i definitely got um sacked off a lot of times uh with with uh, advertising companies or or middle middleman companies so what normally happens is a brand will want to advertise their their product but they won't because of a lot of legal reasons they won't directly contact the the influencer or the content creator um apparently it's because in case something went completely wrong uh, and the content creator made something that was completely non-brand friendly but had tagged the brand they need to have like a a legal middleman in place which is why they go through pr companies and managements and there's 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 like a, a legal way around doing this um and and therefore the middleman can kind of barter the the um the job and then also take a massive percentage that you mm. might not be aware of so for ages uh, i was taking what i thought was like the going rate and then realized that, so the brand for example would maybe pay the pr company they would have eighty thousand pounds let's just say from coca-cola to to put into uh, online content creation mm. then cut then the, the management would then find 10 influencers to make sketches and they would pay them each two thousand pounds they are taking so much of that bank wow, and the influencers that really, that's how much they those kind of middlemen charge is it oh my goodness i found out because i found out i talked to people from the inside of those companies yeah and realized that they were taking markups like 80 percent of the brand's money they would take and then they would use 20 percent of it to pay off the influencers even though it was me that was making the content filming the content editing the content it was sitting on my channel it was you thought it would be the other way around so so with agents i I have management and i have like digital management Mm. and they take 20 percent, and you take 80 but that's and that's they take 20 percent of the the little bit that you get from the middle middleman so it's it's a bit of cowboys it's cowboys out there yeah there's a lot that's 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 mad is that still the case do you know at the moment or um i don't know i think as it's become a little bit more clearer um like kind of the prices so let me let's just throw out some prices of what well this is let's talk about in the in the heyday in the heyday when it was when it was really like buzzing um averagely i had i have a, a million followers on on my facebook page and i could make videos that would get around um 2 million views sometimes 10 million views wow like averagely i could charge 4000 pounds for a branded video so they would um yeah about that um i think the most for like a single video i got was 7 wow um which was yeah ins- insane i used to earn 7000 pounds a year um so 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 that was that was that's kind of the crazy monies that you that you can be charging mm. um then obviously facebook completely turned the algorithm upside down those 10 million views turned into twenty thousand views <laughs> and therefore like 
brands i can't char- i could charge brands about 500 pounds now for a video on facebook um, isn't it true that now they're looking at it in a different way as well they're looking at your kind of engagement it's not necessarily about views and likes anymore yes. is it it's it about how engaged you are yeah so and then they they did this thing called micro influencer which you can still absolutely make money on so i think a micro influencer is somebody who i think it's about five thousand followers or under ten thousand followers there's like a there's a mark in the sand uh, at ten thousand followers you can start to do the swipey uppy thing on instagram mm-hmm. and facebook stories which really helps when you're selling to brands because if brands want you to do a branded story you can signpost them to go off that page and then go to wherever they want to go and buy cinema tickets or whatever it is mm. and uh yeah so you can get that if you get ten thousand followers you're allowed to get that tool and um it really helps but however people can have it's all on your engagement if you have a really small following of 90 percent engagement everybody who follows you is involved and they're just like your cheerleaders and they'll support you and comment and share like that's more powerful and brands want that more than people who have huge pages 10 million followers with a really dead engagement rate Mm. Oh, also you get paid for uh, differently depending on where the followers are in the world. So if you have female Australian followers aged mm. around 30 years old, that is prime. That is the top audience that you is want it? in the world because they are the people that buy the most stuff. Really? Yeah. And then wow. if you get, so um, Australia, England and the UK are prime, like premium followers. And then you can charge premium advertising rates to those people. Um, and then the rest of the world and like India and the Philippines is kind of the low rate audience premium mm-hmm. level. So um, you, you lose a lot of um, money if, if, if your audience is mainly over there. Am I right in saying as well, it's also because this is such a new industry and it's growing and changing all the time. There's so many little niches and micro niches that if you explore one and you gain a large following but not necessarily for that niche but not necessarily large following overall Mm. that's worth a lot of money yeah it's all about niches now and i'm definitely i'm looking at like i'm looking at facebook and i'm looking everywhere and and like tiktok people want to follow you because they want to see you do the same thing over and over and over Mm. (laughs) and um i'm kind of lucky that i do comedy because it gives me a little bit of a spectrum in mm-hmm. which to do that in uh which is why i think i can keep going like five years later but it, you you hit walls of just like dry you just dry up <laughs> creatively or just exhaustion or like whoa this is a lot of a lot of the same to do the same thing but um yeah if you can find a niche and do like true crime knitting patterns or something like <laughs> that would be uh, yeah that would be amazing find your little square in the market and 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 take you know put your peg in the floor that's it and I'm, so what's sort of like an average day for you particularly during the covid i know obviously how many videos you produce a day i don't know you've got lots of platforms to cover don't you yeah um so the good thing is is that instagram stories and no instagram reels uh, and like TikTok, everything's gone um, vertical, vertical filming. So before everything, they preferred it horizontal. Uh, and so you would film things on a sort of, they wanted everything in a square box and it would have writing, you know, like the memes with mm-hmm. the writing at the top and the bottom, which meant that if you were going to purpose a piece of content to go across like all the platforms, you would have to like do an edit 
for each and every platform. And now they, they actually penalize you if you do square footage and put writing in it. Oh. Um, they, they don't want that. So it used to be that they would, they would push that video and now they've turned it around and say, no, we don't want any writing on the video. We want the video as big as possible. So do it, do it like a, a vertical footage, which means that you can do one piece of content and you, I can post it on TikTok. I can do Instagram reels. I can put it on Facebook. I can kind of put it across the board apart from YouTube, um, which means it just means you can kind of put one sketch everywhere and, mm. and that's fine. So I'd recommend if people are starting to make content, just make one really good thing and do it in vertical and you can kind of put it anywhere. Um, and yeah, it's, it's hard, especially in the pandemic. It was so hard to make stuff. I used to make stuff like with other content creators like Sophie mm. um, and um, my, my other friends, we'd meet up regularly and put our heads together and, make funny stuff it's hard to film stuff on your own <laughs> and it's very boring as well just being in a room on your own um and, yeah. and you've got no one to bounce off and you're like is this funny i don't even know if this is funny <laughs> or if i'm just hysterically upset i don't know um so yeah there was sometimes you get hit with inspiration so the pandemic was good in some ways because it was giving us funny things to joke about because what's more relatable than us all being stuck inside globally yeah forever um but then on the other on, on another way it was kind of crushing your creativity because a lot of what i did you get inspired by going out and doing things yeah and when you can't go out and do things i mean we used part of the job the fun bit of the job um was that i would get the the privilege to be invited to a lot of pr events and premieres and screenings in london so i'd be up in london about three times a week four times a week oh wow being getting to go to these events and things which helps because uh it makes your kind of your vlogging and your stories interesting so all of that just stopped and it's like how do you stay interesting in your slippers <laughs> on the sofa <laughs> for, 10 for 12 months, months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard and um, what would you say then has been the biggest positives and opportunities out of this content creating career oh well What's interesting uh, is, and I'm I'm kind of annoyed that this is the positive of it because before, obviously, I'm the, exactly the same person that I was before I did stuff on the internet. But before, there was no way if I knocked on the door of the BBC that anybody would answer. Like they just don't, you know. I've got a scripter that are you like me to read? Um, but now doors can open because I have a little bit of collateral and I can say, hi, like I make content and it's got this many views and I want to make better and longer form content. So I've had some meetings with uh, production companies and BBC and other people and places and doors have opened because of like my five years catalog of work that's now online. Um, So on the one hand, I'm like so grateful because it's worked, but I'm also a little bit annoyed that that I am very aware that that's why the production company are talking to me because they would like to, they want to get in on a, on a bit of those 350 million views. Mm. And there's part of me that's like, you didn't, you wouldn't be talking to me otherwise. Would you? <laughs> Do you think you'd be like as successful if you started now doing what you did? Or do you think there'd be, it, it's a no. lot harder? No, I think I, I think that you, a lot of it a sweet was spot luck. In that time i think a lot of it was luck and time like if i did a lot of my content now it it 
part of it is grind and like i said we we were trying we were throwing everything at the wall making all kinds of sketches some of them banged some of them didn't um i think it was kind of a that weird thing where you know what what's meant for you won't pass you type stuff it does get a bit weird because i'm like whoa if i hadn't you know if i hadn't done that one sketch then that wouldn't have opened up that opportunity and i wouldn't have met that person and yeah it's it, it's hard, but I'm, but but that, like I said, I'm seeing people rise up from everywhere. So, but I just think for me, I I had to be in the right place at the right time in in 2016 and and be there <laughs> in I, that I, time. I can't remember who we were chatting to at the beginning of the week, but we were we were talking about uh, the importance of networking and how mm-hmm. people that any career you want to go into now, the internet is a kind of place where you can create extra content you can it doesn't matter what it is or what it relates to but if you're into science make some sciencey videos and that Mm. just opens up a network of like maybe meeting other people that are interested in in that kind of field and then going and meeting up with them and then they that might lead to something and then that might lead to something and that is such an amazing tool that we have available to ourselves now isn't it i mean i've met some of my real good closest friends through doing this um especially i was really encouraging at the beginning uh, any girls that wanted to get involved and jump in i was like absolutely like this is how that you know i helped sophie make her facebook page and sort of show her the ropes of what had been shown to me and pass on the torch um not just to other women but also to everybody like i find it really annoying when people get a couple steps up the ladder and then do not throw back the rope it's mm-hmm. like it, it's it really miffs me off because um because how else are you supposed to know what's happening or what's going on um like i feel i feel like well <laughs> i feel like an old wise woman now but i see some of these very young uh influencers starting on tiktok and i almost want to contact them and be like hi i would really have appreciated it if somebody had told me this this and this when i started um mm. like just want to tell you this advice but i also find that it's also really patronizing but but just stuff like how much you should be getting paid for things, what the, the best, what the, like the good management places to go to that are legit, um, like kind of just eti- networking etiquette, I guess. I think yeah. you got a podcast episode there. <laughs> yes, maybe I should. I mean, I did think when the pandemic hit, I thought I could, I could go into sort of maybe some online classes or maybe something, because maybe people who do genuinely want to get involved, but like there's, yeah yeah like how how do you start how do you start where do you start <laughs> what would be some of the the negatives that you've found of this industry uh the negatives apart from uh the middleman stealing all of your yep. advertising yep. money uh that's one um the negatives are some people can be completely the opposite to my ethos and be completely two-faced um they can be incredibly jealous because you're in an arena where you're watching everybody kind of compete, even though really you're only in competition with yourself (laughs) really. And there is enough space on the internet for many, many, many people, but people, and and even I am a bit guilty of seeing somebody's video completely bang and going, Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. That was genius. Damn it. (laughs) Like I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't think of that. Um, when when really there's enough space for like everybody but um so the the downside is yeah sort of encountering some people who are a a bit backstabby a bit um unwilling to help you uh Mm. or even literally like 
chat about you behind your back to other people kind of thing um but that can happen kind of in any industry i guess i've got that that's just like an office thing right yeah 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 god that's an office thing yeah that's, a, that's an office thing yeah. um yeah the, the, <laughs> the negative thing is like your job security isn't secure like at all there isn't mm. a union if facebook just decide to pull the plug and not allow you to have any views anymore like you can't do anything about it um so you just have to keep kind of adapting and and it is a bit scary so if you're somebody who who doesn't enjoy being self-employed who doesn't enjoy like for example right now it's january absolutely dead no work on um but you can't like it so it's kind of scary so they're like the negative sides of the industry i think um is is that kind of fickle the fickleness of the platforms and and that like squeaky bum moment of am i gonna get another job (laughs) <laughs> so this is a bit of a hard question because i usually ask what's not in the job description but you obviously never had a job description so what would be something that you you never expected to happen having got into this Ooh, what's not in the job description um oh uh the the trolls <laughs> i mean i know that what probably was but like um the, the the backlash i guess of putting yourself on a platform mm. um it's like being an actor or, or anything well back see back in the day though actors could be super super famous but their private life and their home life was also top secret like mm. you didn't really know what was going on outside of the oscars whereas online stuff is different because you're you're a bit more vulnerable and you vlog and you show a lot more close to home i'm still private and i keep a lot of stuff private but it's just i feel like i had a relationship uh while i was starting you know with another content creator and we were together about a year and a half maybe two years and when that ended i then had to do like a public breakup and even today whenever i do anything any sketches involving other male comedians there will be like a core group of fans that will just keep tagging my ex in things or keep asking me where the ex is and it's a bit like dude I, I, it's been longer now since i ever went out with him um i find these people are so, I, it's so weird <laughs> is it not really weird it like, is so weird doing? and, I, and i'm like also doing that you saw you saw a side of our relationship that we wanted to portray like we definitely played we were we were in a real relationship but yeah. we also we were also working were, together yeah, we, it was a working relationship and we definitely acted up to the camera. We, we played certain roles and to, to, to keep jokes rolling on and rolling on. But like people didn't see when the cameras were turned off and they didn't see the reality of it. And they didn't see like that. That was a really toxic, not a good relationship. And I'm so much better out of it. So it is a bit weird that I still have people like believing in that and and being like where why i miss you and him and why are you together and it's like that's weird i can totally understand when people in sort of profile high profile relationships when they split up and everyone's like no brad and angelina <laughs> and it's just like no you don't know how horrible it can be you just don't know have you what's your advice for dealing with trouble i think that it's weird because 90 99 times out of 100 uh, if you get a troll in your inbox or in your comments saying like you're so rubbish and you're fat and you're ugly and then if you go oh hi 
they go, oh my God, you actually reply, I love you. Um, I was joking. And yeah. they, they just fangirl all over you. So, and then you do have actual, actual trolls who, who aren't just trying to kind of fish for a compliment. They, um, I've had, I've had, I don't mind people being horrible about me. Cause I'm like, cool, whatever, live your life. Like you need a hug, but I find it hard when people uh, attack friends or my partners because I've, yeah. I, so the boyfriend that was the high profile boyfriend, he was uh, Arab. And that was the first time that I experienced like racial trolling. And that was hard. I was like, whoa, like people would um, send all kinds of disgusting things in the DMs uh, and like voice notes as well, like oh my God. All kinds of awful, racist, horrible things. Um, and then since that relationship in my current relationship, my mum my, my is over the moon, but um, my, <laughs> my partner now is Jamaican Grenadian. Uh, so she was very happy with that. But, um, <laughs> but in, in 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 putting i put i don't put so much of my relationship online but um but in when he he does jump in a video or or a post or something Mm. and we get like racist comments or 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 messages it's really hard because i get so protective and i know i need to like just pass it off like it was anything but um but yeah it, it gets personal it gets personal so yeah the trolling is the not nice part but to be fair like majority of people are lovely and the and and for every horrible person you've got so many people um yeah making connections and i've got some people who have been following me for literally for the five years and they message every now and again and i remember their names and 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 that's just lovely that's quite cool isn't it that's nice yeah that's lovely thank you simon any three one two oh have you got any any tips or any advice for anyone maybe maybe two tips for really progressing in the world of content creation oh uh number one is just do it like stop faffing about it stop thinking about it stop overthinking about it it's not going to be perfect and like the only way that you're gonna make stuff i wish that i'd started earlier because if i'd started earlier or if i'd continued doing the youtube stuff if i'd stayed at it i would be in a very different place um so yeah my number one tip is just just do it um because yeah like even if even if it doesn't come out the way you want or whatever at least like at least you had a whack at it you can sit there forever just planning and it's not never going to be done. So if you really want to make videos on crocheting teapot holders, like just do it, just go do it. Um, and the second one is really that about that thing about the money. Um, if you're going in and if you're like by the third video, you're like, Oh, I've got four views and nobody, nobody like just keep go at it as if nobody is watching, but you. And um, if, if I ever feel like I like, on my Instagram or something like, Oh, what should I post? What should I post? And I'm like, just imagine that like it's a private Instagram and there's nobody else watching. What would I want to put on there? Like at the end of the day, it's your content, it's your platform. And, um, yeah, don't think too much about who's watching or, um, about the money or any of the technical, it kills the art, kills the creativity. (laughs) And, uh, would you still go into the industry knowing everything you know now? Oh yes, I would. I do love my job. Like, um, it's, it's, there has been some insane highs. Like me and Sophie have been sent to Budapest and Miami. Um, and I've with the, with particularly with the presenter type stuff, um, I've got to meet and got access to so many amazing 
um, people and celebrities and, and I've got to have some crazy experiences. Like I met Hugh Jackman and he gave me a hug. I met so the cool. rock Dwayne Johnson. He said he liked my tattoos and just <laughs> like unbelievable pinch me moments. Um, so, Sophie told us about your, uh, your incident with Will Smith as well. Oh, we met Will Smith in Budapest. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Can't Willard, Willard. I said, can I call you Willard? And he said that was his government <laughs> name, of course. So I was like, oh, great. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I get to do, I get to make hilarious videos with my best friend. Um, so it's it, like, there are so many, there are so many perks to it. I, I would definitely do it again. Um, I just wish that I could do it again with me now as like an older godmother and just help myself through it a little bit. And a final question for me. When are we going to see you in Downton Abbey? <laughs> One can hope. I don't know. I don't know. Um, prob- probably never. Um, no. Listen, thank you so much for coming on, Johanna. It's been um, a real pleasure to chat with you and I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been great. Perk to the day. The monotonous, ever non-ending Groundhog Day that is life right now. So... <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And where can people find you across all the platforms? Um, everywhere is the same name. Um, Johanna, Johanna James, J.A. Hannah James. Um, in fact, fun fact, if you Google me, um, Johanna James, the, the next thing that comes up is Johanna James feet. That's the most uh, oh. Googled thing. Um, <laughs> apparently, there are a lot of weirdos out there that like feet and they have like taken they've made like tumblr accounts of my toes and oh my God. there's a lot of money in that apparently well <laughs> i'm not getting something. any <laughs> i did think briefly about making an only fans for my toes but i i didn't i didn't i didn't pursue it well, thank there's, you so there's much it's time thanks <laughs> so much bye bye bye, bye.